Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Mark. Welcome to Life in the Sun. Good to see you. There we go. Yesterday, we had the kickoff rally for the Guahan Festival of Hope with Franklin Graham in 2020. And a big thank you to everybody who made the rally special. Our team did a really good job. Uh, can we just give a hand to all those who did that? Uh, if you were not here, not to worry. There's plenty of opportunity to get involved. Um, you can go to the back book table over there after the service, and there's a handout with all the information that you need. Part of our time yesterday was spent in prayer. We wanted to pray about what God wants to do. Billy Graham said this. We'll put this quote up on the screen. He said, we can change the course of events if we go to our knees in believing prayer. And this morning, we want to pray for a special group of people. How many of you are students? Would you raise your hand? Okay, if you're a student, would you, would you stand right where you are? And uh, we want to pray for you. If you would just go ahead and stand. Got a big section here in the middle. Jacelyn, I know, is going to Chaminade. This is her last Sunday, so if you know her, be sure to say goodbye before she goes off to another semester. Um, all of you are starting a new semester, and you will face many challenges. There will be many demands, and there will be many tests. And the kind of tests I'm talking about are not the kind with paper and pencil. There will be many tests. And we can change the course of events this semester if we'll go to our knees in believing prayer. Van heads up our campus ministry, and I've asked him to lead us in prayer. And, um, you know, while I'm thinking about it, maybe this is just as great a need. If you're a teacher, you need prayer as well, knowing the challenges on the campus. So we'd like all the teachers to stand up as well. If you're a teacher, please stand. Great. For the rest of us, if you're near one of these who are standing, if you would just extend an arm as an expression of blessing and prayer as we trust God to change events as we go to him kneeling in believing prayer. Lord Father, I thank you for everyone standing right now. I just want to lift up every student, every young person. They're your precious precious children. They're the next generation. They will go after us. And Lord Father, I pray that you would send your angels yes. to protect them. Send your angels to protect them. Because there's so many things in this world pulling on their attention. I pray that they will go to you and seek who you are and who they are in you. That they wouldn't believe what social media or a magazine says about them. That they're awesome and mighty in your sight. That they're worth it. That they're not insignificant. 
And Father, I pray for every teacher in here. They need prayer. Lord Father, they're, they're in charge of classes of, of, of students, Lord Father. Sometimes these students come to class, and that's the only role model that they see. I pray that, Lord Father, that their light would shine so bright in that classroom. But Father, even, even the students that seem like their enemy, that they would love them. That you would put a special heart, special love in their heart to love those children. Love those young adults who are coming up in a, in, in a world that, that draws them to and fro. But Father, that you would fill them with your spirit. And give them grace and mercy as they teach and influence the next generation. Oh, Father, protect everyone standing. Give them grace, grace in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Also, congratulations to those who were baptized recently. This is a spiritual marker and a stepping stone to all that God has for you. I also want to congratulate those who led the baptisms. Um, if, if you'll notice the picture there, I'm not in it. About four years ago, I began to encourage and to empower our life group leaders to baptize and to disciple and to teach others to follow Jesus because in God's kingdom, every member is a minister. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you a minister? I'd like you to seriously consider that question. In terms of how you see yourself, I want you to think about this as we continue this series entitled Grace Changes Everything. This is a four-week series of highlights from the book of Luke. Each of these highlights reveal how an encounter with Jesus, even in the most broken situations, can transform our lives and impact our community. Today, we'll explore an amazing event that took place in front of a large crowd near the city of Jericho. It was an event that went viral the moment that it happened. And as we read this account, uh, let's read this as if it's a live demo of what can happen to you or what can happen through you. Let's not read it just to have more knowledge about the Bible, but let's read this to prepare ourselves for encounters with Jesus that will transform your life by what he does. This amazing event is found in Luke 18, beginning in verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by. And so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people yelled. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. 
Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. As we learn from this encounter with Jesus, I'd like us to consider four questions. The first question is, what do you see? As you imagine this scene in your mind's eye, as you hear the words, what do you picture? What do you see? You see a blind beggar. You see a crowd. You see Jesus. And you see the power of Jesus to restore a person's sight. The second question is, what did the crowd see? Well, of course, they saw the same things. But if we want to look deeper, we need to look at how they responded. How did they respond? Well, they yelled at him. They told him to be quiet. The crowd assumed that Jesus had more important things to do and that he should not be bothered by a blind beggar. And so based on that response, what would you say was their attitude toward this blind man? They saw someone who was to be ignored because of his disability. They considered him a nuisance. The crowd yelling at him and telling him to be quiet basically said, you're not important. That's what the crowd saw. The third question is, what did Jesus see? The crowd sees disability. The crowd sees inability. But Jesus sees possibility. The crowd sees a blind man. Jesus sees a man with 20-20 vision. The crowd sees someone to be marginalized. Jesus sees someone with a powerful testimony to become a pillar in the community of faith. The crowd sees a man to be left behind. Jesus sees a follower walking in his footsteps. The crowd sees brokenness and sadness. Jesus sees a worshiper giving praise to God. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, he used to tell his officers that when they went into a certain town, he said, I want you to go to the darkest, the ugliest, the saddest place in this town, and I want you to find the person that has the hardest heart, that is the most difficult, that everybody agrees it's impossible for this person to change. And he said, that's where you start and share the power of the gospel to change a life because that's where the glory of God will shine the brightest. And this is exactly what happened to the blind beggar. The crowd sees tragedy, but Jesus sees a strategy for the glory of God. From other accounts in the Bible, we know the blind man's name. His name is Bartimaeus. The fourth question is, what did Bartimaeus see? And this is an interesting question, because Bartimaeus is blind. Yet before Bartimaeus could see with his physical eyes, he saw something through the eyes of his heart. Paul refers to the eyes of our heart in Ephesians. Notice what Bartimaeus said. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In Jewish thought and language, this phrase, son of David, was a title referring to the Messiah. Son of David was a title referring to the Savior. This blind person, Bartimaeus, 
saw something Bible scholars of his day did not see. This blind person could see spiritually before he could see physically. As a result of what he knew in the spirit, he did not back down when people told him to be quiet. What we see from the heart will determine what we perceive outwardly. What the crowd saw through the limited vision of their hearts caused them to respond a certain way. What Bartimaeus saw through the eyes of his heart caused him to respond another way. What do you see? What do you see when you look around your life? What do you see in the people around you? Your parents, your spouse, when you're in an argument? What do you see in your siblings or your boss when you disagree? After our first year of marriage, Terry and I have been married 31 years now. After the first year of marriage, all of a sudden I had this insight. I said, you know what? I said, we always disagree. She said, no, we don't. <laughs> I go, see? <laughs> so eventually, <clears throat> we would go round and round the merry ground, unable to get off, just arguing all the time. I was like, man, there's got to be a way out. So one day, I'm talking to a counselor, and he said, uh, so tell me, give me an example of, you know, what happens with you and your wife when you're in disagreement. I said, well, you know how women are. And he said, no, I don't. What do you mean? I said, well, you know. He goes, no, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, they're, they're over-emotional. So, well, give me an example. And I said, well, you know, my wife, she's sharing a concern. And I would say, you know what? You're overreacting. And she would say, no, I'm not. And I would go, yes, you are. And she'd go, no, I'm not. I'd say, yes, you are. And she'd go, no, I'm not. I'd go, see? You just proved my point. And so the counselor says to me, so you think women are overemotional? And I said, well, they are, aren't they? And he didn't even try to argue me out of that perspective. He just bowed his head and he said, Lord, oh, where did Mark get the idea that women are over-emotional? And so I began to pray with him. And all of a sudden, a, a memory comes back, a real memory. I'm three years old. I'm standing in the living room of my house. My mom walks down the hallway. And one day, I don't know what happened, but she had a meltdown. And my little three-year-old brain went, click, femininity. And I forgot all about that. Now I'm in my late 30s, and I realize I have this perception, this judgment about women being over-emotional. And I'm looking, at, I'm looking at my wife and everything she says and every reaction through the lens of overreaction. And so she could be sharing a legitimate concern, and I'm not giving it any validity because you're overreacting. And my way of protecting myself from that was, you know what? I'm just talk to the hand. I'm not going to go there. And that would be my way of defending myself because, you know, I didn't want to get hurt from overreaction. Until the Lord opened my eyes, I was blind to my own perception. 
And to some degree, we are all like the crowd. We think we see reality for what it is. But to some degree, our spiritual eyes are blind to seeing people the way God sees them. We judge rich people. We judge poor people. We judge skinny people. We judge fat people. We judge intellectuals. We judge people who are not intellectual. We judge jocks. We judge people who are out of shape. We judge the lowly. We judge the proud. We judge good-looking people. We judge ugly people. Liberals judge conservatives. Conservatives judge liberals. Capitalists judge socialists. And socialists judge capitalism. And if you adhere to the collective mentality, we tend to judge individualism. We say they have an independent spirit, a spirit of pride. And if you're all about individualism, we judge those who conform. We say they can't think for themselves. And the reason Jesus said, do not judge, is because in so many ways, we cannot see. And like Bartimaeus, we need to call to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When you do, he will say, what do you want me to do for you? And when you're ready, when we are ready, we can say, Lord, I want to see. Restore my vision. I want to see people as you do. Show me their redeeming value. Show me your image in them. Show me your beauty within them. Show me who they are in Christ. Show me your amazing creativity within every person. Show me the infinite value that you have placed within every person. Show me that each person is an expression of the highest creation in all the universe. Yes, Lord, I ask that you would restore and open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. This next slide. This is the theme, graphic theme for this series. Grace changes everything. In case you wondered what are those golden lines, they represent brokenness. In an ancient Japanese art, kintsuji is the repairing of broken pottery by mending areas of breakage with gold. And the result is a more beautiful masterpiece. This is a picture of what God does with our brokenness. As we experience God, he heals our brokenness with the gold of his grace. And we become more beautiful, becoming more beautiful, becoming the masterpieces of his handiwork. Do you remember in the beginning I said, in God's kingdom, every member is a minister? And I asked, how do you see yourself? How do you see your life? What do you see? The first thing Bartimaeus saw, although he was blind, was Jesus for who he really is. Jesus is the one who has the power to change everything. In desperation, the second thing Bartimaeus did was overcome the negative voices that said, don't bother Jesus. He has more important things to do. But by faith, Bartimaeus pushed through the discouragement and he didn't give up. The third thing he did was he got up 
and he went to Jesus. Some of you need to get up and you need to go to Jesus in prayer. The fourth thing he did was an act, was act in faith by saying what he needed. He said it out loud, trusting that Jesus could and that Jesus would take care of him. In the beginning, I asked, asked us to consider what happened to Bartimaeus as a live demo of what can happen to you or what can happen through you. It's possible if you will see what a blind man saw. You can go to the next slide. Grace changes everything that we see. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that with your presence, thank you that with your mind and your revelation, Lord, that you can change the way we see. Lord, I pray that you would renew our minds. God, I ask that you would renew, renew the mind of our hearts, our beliefs, our attitudes, our responses. God, I ask that you would give us your heart and give us your mind. Father, I pray that you would start with us in our home, in the living room, in the kitchen, in the car, and that you would allow us to turn away from the old patterns, the old ways, and live with a new heart and a new mind. God, would you make that great exchange in us by your grace. And if you would take a moment just to be still and to be quiet before the Lord, I want to invite you to do some business with him and just say, God, what is it that you're saying to me? If you would take a moment to tune in and to connect and just allow the Lord to highlight whatever it is that he wants to present. And we'll take our time, allow you to do some business with God. We'll just continue in an attitude of prayer. After the worship team closes the service, if you would like to receive prayer for something that's on the surface, on the table, uh, please don't leave here today without receiving prayer. You can just have a seat on the front row in the middle section, and one of the leaders will come and pray with you. But that's for anybody, everybody. You don't have to be a member of the church. If you'd just like somebody to pray for you, we'd like to pray for you today. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to address another group here in the audience. There may be some of you, as you're hearing me talk about experiencing God, that's something that's been on your mind recently. And as a result, you've been searching. And in fact, that's really why you're here today. It's not just going to church, but you're looking for God. And if that describes you and you would like to experience Him, but you've never actually made a formal choice, a, a conscious decision to invite him into your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. 
And the way it'll work is I'll just pray out loud and you can hitchhike on my words. God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And I have a signal for that, which is if you would simply look up, then when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that describes you, if that's something that you would like to do, then go ahead and look up at this time. And then we'll pray together in a moment. Father God, I'm here today because I sense that you've been getting my attention. And it's very clear to me. And so I'm here making a choice. I'm making a decision that today I'm opening up to you. And I want to experience you. And so I open my mind, my life, and I invite you to come in. And God, I ask you to forgive me for things I've done that I'm not proud of. Things that have been hurtful to other people, even to myself. And so Lord, I invite your son, Jesus, and your spirit of forgiveness into my life. And I ask that you would wash away the guilt, any condemnation, any accusation, any sense of, mm, any sense that I'm not right with you. And I ask that you would remove that by the blood of Jesus and that you would cleanse me. I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. I ask that you would reveal yourself to me and that you would give me a new start. Lord, I've been running a long time on my own and it's not working out so well. And I'd like you to show me how to live life your way. And if you're praying this prayer, I invite you right now, just by faith, to receive the Spirit of God, His Spirit of forgiveness for you. He's been waiting for this moment. This is the reason that He came. This is the reason. This is the purpose that He has for you to experience Him, to have a relationship with Him. And so... Just take a moment to receive him into your life. And Father, thank you for being with me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for Jesus who died for me. And Father, I ask that you would make me the kind of person that you want me to be and reveal yourself to me. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.